What's happening, Hardscapers? This is episode 209 of the How to Hardscape podcast, where we talk about how you can start and grow your hardscaping business. And on today's episode, we have a takeover of the show by Cycle CPA. They've done quite a few of these in the past. They always bring great insightful information to every takeover that they do on the show. So I am grateful for them taking a little bit of load off my plate and doing this, but as well as they are sponsoring the How to Hardscape podcast, and they've been doing so for I believe more than a year now. So thank you, Cycle CPA, for supporting the show. And thank you to everybody that has reached out to Cycle CPA and inquired about their services or have looked at bookkeeping accounting CFO services from them and gone ahead and got that $200 off when you mentioned how to hardscape with them and $200 off their services to get started there. So thank you to everybody all around listeners and Cycle CPA for supporting this podcast continuously. And I'm not going to talk your ear off anymore. I'll be handing this over to Carla and Joe of Cycle CPA. Hey everyone, excited to take over the How to Hardscape podcast today. Joe Policastro here, the co-founder of Cycle CPA. Yeah, and Carla Policastro here, CEO of Cycle CPA. Yeah, and we're going to be speaking about really the accounting system, right, within your your company, the 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 department, right? And you know, as you look at your business and you look at the the different departments, whether it's human resources, sales, operations, marketing, as a business owner, you may not need to be an expert in all of those, but you want to have a good understanding of what's going on because you may end up hiring an accountant. You may end up hiring someone in HR or in operations, right? And you want to, you know, you want to be up to speed in regard to what what goes on in those departments. But really, we'll we'll kind of start off by by giving a brief overview of what is behind accounting and bookkeeping, right? And what what goes on there, you know, and we'll kind of discuss, you know, what, what goes on based on maybe the size of your company. And then having that information allows you then, you know, to, to analyze it, right. And make important business decisions. Yeah. And starting off, if, if you're someone who is just starting your company, you're under 250,000 a year and you don't have an accounting software in place, that's where you're going to get started, right? You need to choose an accounting software. And there's plenty out there. Uh, There is, you know, Sage, Zero, but the one that's most commonly used across green industry businesses is QuickBooks Online, uh, which has all the functionality that you need in your business. Um, So, you know, you have to do some research on which one fits, fits your needs. Um, and, and then go from there. But once you have your accounting system in place, then you need to set up your chart of accounts in that system. And your chart of accounts is going to be the foundation, uh, which are like the buckets where you're going to categorize your daily operating transactions. So let's say that today you paid your insurance bill and you went to the gas station and, uh, purchase fuel, right? All of those transactions need to be categorized into a bucket. And that is made up of your chart of accounts. So in your chart of accounts, you'll have fuel expense, job site materials, stuff like that. And it needs to be industry chart of accounts. So we have like green industry chart of accounts specifically used with um, the green industry. And the reason why you want to do that 
and have specialized chart of accounts is because when you go in and analyze the profit and loss in the balance sheet, you want to make sure that it makes sense. Your gross profit makes sense, your net income, because if you don't have that in, in the specific order that you need it, the percentages might be skewed, right? And when you go and compare it against, you know, your friend or your peers, it, you're not going to be able to compare apples to apples if everybody has different chart of accounts. So I think that's that's an important thing to to set up first. Um, and like I said, we at Cycle CPA we have Green Industry Chart of Accounts, so you all can email us if you want a template on that. We can send that over. Once you you implemented that, then the next thing goes uh, is bookkeeping work, right? And the first thing is categorizing those transactions. So within QuickBooks Online, you can link up your checking, saving credit card accounts, and you can have that talk to QuickBooks. And what it will do is it'll bring in the transactions on a daily basis into your QuickBooks, and it puts it in a queue where you have to go in and categorize them. So again, if you went to um, a gas station, categorize it as fuel, and then add it onto your register. Um, your checking account register and then go through those bank feeds. You know, then really the next step is is reconciling the accounts, which is basically you're going through each each transaction and making sure that whatever lines up in your business bank account and credit card accounts is mirroring what's in your QuickBooks and accounting software. So it's basically like like a double check. And I'll let Carla get into some examples of why it's important to to reconcile your accounts. Yeah, it's important because you want to make sure that you're not missing any transactions. When you sync your bank account to QuickBooks, you know, some sometimes software doesn't play nice. So when you are in the reconciliation process, you're making sure that no transactions were missed or there are no duplicate transactions that can overstate your revenue, understate your revenue. Same thing with expenses, overstating and understating on that end. And um, and you're making sure you're taking account for every single transaction in the business. I, I uh, was speaking with a business one day and they thought that they had been reconciling their bank accounts the whole time because they said, uh, you know, I'm adding in the transactions every day and I, I know that it's, it's reconciled. They said, yeah, but do you actually go through the reconciliation screen on QuickBooks? And they had no idea what I was talking about, but the, they thought that they were reconciling. So on QuickBooks, you hit reconcile and you're going to have your bank account um, statement on one screen um, and your QuickBooks on another, and you're just gonna click every transaction one by one to ensure you didn't miss anything. So that's that would be the correct reconciliation for the month. So people do this on a monthly basis. Your bank statements usually get released on the first of the month, and then you can reconcile after that for, for that month. Um, and as far as loans too, loans also need to be reconciled on a monthly basis. So let's say you have a Ford loan, um, and you know, you're going to get a monthly statement from Ford that tells you your, uh, remaining balance on that loan. So you're going to go into QuickBooks, you're going to go to your Ford loan, 
and you're going to enter in your payment that you made for that month. But of course, your payment, let's say it's $500 for the month. That $500 is not just straight going to principal if you owe interest on this loan. Part of it is going to be interest expense. And that part should be hitting your your uh, profit and loss statement under interest expense. So let's say that $50 goes to interest expense. The $450 is going to go towards the loan and you're going to reconcile it against your uh, loan uh, statement. That way, at any point in time, you can pull up your balance sheet on your uh, accounting system and have up-to-date balances on all of your loans. Um, so that's that's really what you want to reconcile is checking savings, credit cards, um, and and loans at the end of each month, and that should be done monthly. If you look at loans, for instance, um, and reconciling a loan, not only will you be able to write off the interest on it, as Carla mentioned, you know, being brought to the profit and loss statement um, with the with the interest, but you'll also almost similar to how a bank can can look at your balance sheet and look at your financials and 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 you know they can make the decision of of whether they're going to you know give a business a loan or not. You can make those same management decisions by looking at your financials and having these these clear numbers. So reconciling is definitely something you don't want to ignore, for sure. Yeah. And I mean, I have this one horror story that a client wasn't reconciling and their revenues were overstated by $100,000 for the year. They were going to go and file taxes thinking that, you know, everything was squared away in their books. But that's that's the effects of, of not reconciling is could be overstatement in revenue, like in that case. So um, and, and then moving on with with your month end close process, you're getting ready to close your books for the month and and have your financials. Right. Um, you want to make sure that all of your assets are in in your books. So that's your Mars, your trucks, trailers, skid steers. All of those uh, large investments that you've made, make sure that that's booked correctly on your on your on your balance sheet, and making sure that you have the right purchase price in there for for the uh, the equipment that you purchased or truck, um, and along with that, you want to record depreciation expense on your books on a monthly basis. Depreciation is taking account for the expense of the wear and tear of your assets of that truck of that skid steer that you have because if you let's say you purchased a truck that's not going to go on your profit and loss that goes on your balance sheet so when do you ever see the expense coming through on the profit and loss you see it as actually you see it as depreciation expense so Let's say that you purchased a truck for $50,000 and you expect to use it over the next five years. That's going to be what is called it to useful life. Then what happens is you're going to depreciate that um, $10,000 each year, right? Until it, it, it zeroes out. And it's important to have depreciation on your books because when you do 
you're estimating, you want to make sure that you're recouping for these costs, right? Because you're taking your truck to the job site, you're running material, transporting materials back and forth from each job, or you're taking that skid loader to the site, and you want to make sure you're recouping those costs. Yeah, and you know, there's there's looking at you know your accounting and making sure that you have accurate data, so then you can have accurate estimating. You know, that's that's one of the many reasons of why it's important to have your accounting up to date. Another example when it comes to looking at the accounting is making sure that you're separating the business from from personal expenses. And you've probably heard this a lot, right? And, you know, if a company, you know, adds a lot of personal expenses, you may pay less tax at the end of the year, right? And, you know, maybe the the IRS won't won't notice, right? But do things the right way not only for the IRS, but also for the reason of you want to be able to know what the price your job's at based on your numbers. And if you have all your personal expenses and they're within your books, then you're going to think that you're going to have to price your job a lot higher to make a profit, right? So where whereas your your competitor, they they may win that bid, right? Because they you know they're they're not building in all their personal expenses. So all the all of the profitable and you know companies that have been operating on a long term that we work with, they don't mix personal with business expenses. Um, you know there there is no shortcuts. You know to um, you know some of this accounting stuff. So just just something to keep in mind. Yeah, and your business might need to file sales tax too um, each month, quarter, biannual. Or annually and this depends on the services that you're providing to your customers it depends on in the state that you live in um, but you may need to file sales tax and basically what what it is 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 that some states um, let's say you a lot of it has to do with maintenance services and for, for some states and let's say that you provide that service um, and you have to charge like a six or eight percent fee to your client for sales tax, and you're the middleman in this situation. You're gonna collect that six or eight percent fee, and you're gonna take that and then file it a- away with the state, and that's not your money. You're collecting that on behalf of the state um, um, for their purposes. So it's it's also something where what some business owners do is they like to have a separate bank account just for sales tax collection because you don't want to, you know, kind of mix in that re- that revenue in your operating account because you're going to have to pay it out. It's not yours to keep. So it's 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 a good practice to to have a separate account for that um, and make sure that you are compliant with your state. But whenever you make a payment like that to the state, there has to be a journal entry that needs to be recorded into your accounting system to make sure that uh, the books are reflected act- um, accurately for sales tax. Then after, once you're done reconciling, you look at your assets, depreciation, sales tax, you're going to review your financials. Then, um, you know, most of the month end close is completed for your for your company and you know that your financials are complete and 
we complete month end close by the 15th of every month, you know, having financials out to to the businesses. And that's really what you your internal deadline should be, at least, you know, by the 15th. Um, it's pretty standard practice. Uh, so so you can have that on on your end. Um, the next thing we get a lot of questions about is is payroll um, and the type of payroll software that you'll want to use. Uh, you want to go with a payroll provider. We partner with Gusto, G-U-S-T-O. They're, they're great to work with. Uh, they have good customer service. And we use it for our, our firm. And it takes us 10 minutes to process payroll every other week. It's, it's really that simple. Uh, what is required of you is you need to enter in your hours for uh, the week or uh, every two weeks hit submit and then the payroll provider does the rest it's really that simple they're gonna go off they're gonna you know a process the payroll and then send all your employees direct deposit or a check uh, they're going to file payroll taxes with federal agencies as well as state and local agencies for you and file those reports along with that as well and they'll also follow year-end reports they'll follow the w-2s for you 1099s, all of the federal annual reports as well. Then uh, what your accounting department is going to do, for example, with Gusto, we sync Gusto to QuickBooks. And what that does, it transfers over the payroll expenses each time that you run payroll. And we make sure that we enter in the payroll journal entry to reflect the correct amount of payroll that is uh, run for that period. So one thing about um, payroll expenses is that you want to make sure on your profit and loss that you split it out between direct labor. So your workers that are out in the field actually performing the tasks, they should be as cost of sales, labeled as cost of sales above the gross profit line. But then you may have an office employee or you may, as an owner, be on payroll, right? Those costs are not directly related to the job or, right? So you're going to put that in your overhead costs. Uh, so just making sure you have both of those split out. So again, when you look at your financials, you can see that it's accurate. Yeah, and if you have any questions or if... If you don't feel confident reading a financial statement, you know we we have um, past webinars that that we've done on our on our YouTube channel, Cycle CPA. Um, feel feel free to look at those. It's uh, you know it'll it'll really help you um, in regard to understanding some some of the accounting and financial terminology. And one of the nice things about the payroll softwares um, like like Gusto is. What they've been doing is they've been getting more and more involved in the human resources aspect of it. So not only will they run payroll, but they'll make sure that you're filling out the correct forms compliance-wise, as Carla mentioned, with the state. But also even helping with the onboarding, right? So making sure that that, that process is set, um, you know, so, so it acts as a good way to, to, to organize some of those processes for you. So we, we, we definitely recommend that. Um, you know, to look into that and don't, don't make payroll into something, you know, into, uh, you know, something that can, um, you know, 
it don't don't overcomplicate it. <laughs> um, you know, there's there there's softwares and resources out there that can that can really help you out with it. And uh, you know, really, each company, you know, whether you're listening in and you know maybe you're you're just starting out, maybe you're a couple hundred thousand dollars in annual revenue, maybe you're four million in revenue or 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 higher. You know, and we we work with companies that you know within that that range, you know, larger companies. And, you know, we've, we've noticed that, you know, each, each level is almost like a stage, right? And you don't want accounting to be your company's bottleneck, right? And as your company grows, that's really what you're doing, right? You're, you're, you're kind of assessing all of your departments and all your company's needs, and you're making sure that, that you're staying ahead of any potential bottleneck. And how do you not let accounting become a bottleneck? It's, you know, making sure that you have the proper systems set in place. And as I mentioned in the beginning, you don't have to be an expert. You don't have to know specific journal entries that are going to be made in accounting, right? But you should understand some of the basics, right? So that you can make sure that everything is being being kept up on. And typically from, from what we've seen um, is – Outsourcing to to a bookkeeper is typically one of the first things that that a business does. It's one of the first kind of um, on on the administrative side of the business. It's it's one of the first things that a company does um, for a couple of reasons, so that you can leverage their expertise, but also um, so that you don't have to hire someone in house. Just the additional expenses to that. Um, it's typically a more more of an affordable option. Um, just as we always recommend to our clients, you know, look into some of the outsourced models, whether you're looking for a company that specializes in human resources or a company that specializes in marketing. I know a company that, you know, landscape company, they, they were able to almost triple in sales because they had, you know, connected with a marketing company that actually specialized in the landscape industry, right? So there's, there's a lot of things out there where, where you can leverage other people's expertise and um, you know knowledge in regard to to the the different departments when 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 you're a smaller company right zero to maybe you know two hundred fifty thousand in revenue you're gonna have someone maybe handling the bookkeeping on an outsourced basis maybe it's a you know couple hundred dollars a month let's say right and typically a company like that um, Similar to us, you know, we'll kind of make sure that that the companies are getting financial statements each month, so that way you can see, you know, the the profitability and um, you can see the the financial health of the company, right? And as your company grows, you're going to be able to add on maybe an administrative team, right? Maybe to help out with paying the bills, which is the accounts payable, um, or or collecting on you know some of the payments the the invoicing you know it's a accounts receivable um you know maybe helping to answer the phones in the office different things like that um you know and one one common thing that 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 we've seen and if you're listening and you're kind of in that range maybe hovering around the seven figure mark in revenue um definitely um you know understanding that accounting is a different language and Sometimes it could be a challenge for people that maybe are not educated in it. Or, you know, maybe they 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 didn't go to school for accounting, 
Um, you know, they don't know what debits and credits are and different things like that. So, um, you know, having someone that, that, that understands that, understands some of the higher level accounting, um, it can, again, it can, it can help to not make accounting a bottleneck for your company. Um, just, just things that we've seen as, as we've, um, you know, take, taking on some, some, some clients throughout the country and, you know, as a company grows, really, then, then you're kind of looking for maybe more of that analysis, right? And you may heard of the term CFO, right? A, a chief financial officer, you know, someone that's going to look at your company, analyze the, 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 the risk of certain decisions, um, you know, looking at, um, you know, looking at your, your financials and being able to analyze it from, you know, maybe looking at past, past periods and comparing it to that or looking at industry benchmarks, um, comparing the different service lines. Um, so looking at all of those items, right? So, and, and that's as a company, you know, typically once a company gets into the, you know, 1.5 to 2 million in revenue, it makes sense to have that, you know, more of that, um, you know, guidance and, um, because you're going to get more of a return on investment in in a service like that stay strict to um you know staying on budget in regard to paying out administrative salaries i know that's even something that that we've seen in the past a lot is you know you may know how long something takes in the field and you know you may know how much people are getting paid in your market for for given um position out in the field, have that same knowledge within your administrative team in, in the office as well. Um, typically from, from what we've seen is, you know, you want to stick to around 10% of, of total revenue and it could be a little bit more, a little bit higher than that. Um, you know, when, when you're looking at people that you're paying in the office, right? So, you know, definitely something to keep in mind there. You know, if you, if you have any questions, um, I know Carla had, had also mentioned, uh, if any of you wanted the, the green industry chart of accounts, you can send us an email at, at Joe P at cyclecpa.com. That's J O E P at cyclecpa.com. Yeah. And if you, if you have any questions about anything, you can send me over an email or visit our website at cyclecpa.com and uh, we'll be more than happy to, to, to help out. Yeah. Thank you for tuning in. It was nice talking with everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's takeover of the How to Hardscape podcast. Reach out to Cycle CPA, cycle underscore CPA on Instagram or cyclecpa.com. Get that conversation started. If you're looking for bookkeeping, accounting, CFO services, as well as their chart of accounts, that could really come in handy that they talked about during today's episode. And we look forward to meeting with you next week on the How to Hardscape podcast.